Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. You are listening to the dulcet tones of Ivan Kander and I am joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts Dave Glanz and Mike Mirandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies and see if they hold up in a modern cinematic context. If you can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, facebook.com slash that facebook.com slash reviewed podcast and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com and on today's episode we are going to be talking about james cameron's 1994 film in honor of the late great bill paxton true lies <laughs> how'd it go at the convention honey you were the big hit of the show it's fantastic it's, i love the computer business for 15 years, Harry Tasker's been leading a double life. Mr. President, one of our best men is inside. Transmitting now. Right on time. I don't believe I've met you before. Rehnquist. Harry Rehnquist. Listen to the following code word. Helen. H-E-L-E-N. Now, they're about to collide. What's your exit strategy? I'm gonna walk right out of the front gate. May I see your invitation, please? Sure. Here's my invitation. Oh, yeah, that worked good. Right out the old front gate. Can you lean back a second? Mr. Tasker's office. Hi, it's Helen. Is he in? Harry's in a sales meeting, Mrs. Tasker. It's not like he's saving the world or anything. Well, see, this is the problem with terrorists. They're really inconsiderate when it comes to people's schedules. Can you press the button for the top floor, please? Hi, Helen. Harry forgot something back at the office. Whenever I can't sleep, I just ask him to tell me about his day. Six seconds and I'm out. Interesting. Interesting that you picked uh, Bill Paxton as the focus. Well, I mean, we've, we've done, <laughs> we, we've done uh, Aliens. We've done Apollo 13 already on this show. Uh, and those are like the two ones that I think of. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was thinking about doing uh, Frailty, which was a... Uh, directed Ooh, by Bill Paxton. that would have been good. Um, so that's one I would still like to do down the line. That's a, a movie I, I remember liking quite a bit and see if it holds up. But guys, I'm so excited to talk to you about True Lies. I'm so <laughs> glad we did this movie because, I don't know, I think there is so much to talk about here. So what is uh, True Lies about? So, I mean, well, <laughs> what isn't it about, Dave? Um, a fearless globe-trotting terrorist battling secret agent has his life turned upside down when he discovers his wife might be having an affair with a used car salesman. That's what IMDb says. Um, yeah, that's kind of ba- <laughs> basically it. Uh, it's Pretty kind good. of like uh, in the Mr. and Mrs. Smith vein or yeah. something like that, where it's like they're normal people, but really one of them's a secret agent. Like that's kind of like the, uh, the gist. Um, <laughs> this uh, movie, uh, you know, it, it feels very interesting to me because James Cameron, as we were discussing a moment ago, has not directed that many movies. You know, uh, he's he's one of the most famous filmmakers. He's made some of the uh, most successful movies of all time. Uh, the top two uh, you know, highest grossing movies. Titanic and Avatar. Yep. And he's also, uh, you know, responsible for Aliens, which we discussed in the show, and... Terminator. Th- the Terminator franchise. So he is kind of a titan of cinema, but he's also not a prolific... Uh, uh, creator in the sense that he's you know he's only making Avatar movies now apparently and he hasn't even made a second one yet and it's been however long it's been since the first Avatar so it's not like he's churning out movies here yet for some reason in 1994 he set out to make 
a two and a half hour action film starring um, Arnold Schwarzenegger um, at the time True Lies get this guys was the most expensive movie ever made yeah it was the first yeah. movie it was the first movie ever to eclipse a hundred million dollars in production budget um, which I think is kind of amazing um and, you know, it was actually a box office hit. It managed to recoup its uh, extensive costs, all that. I have so much to say, but I'm, I'm talking too much. I want to go right to you, Dave. Right to me? Why yeah. Mike? Straight you know, away. I don't, I, right you know, I don't really care I about Mike. I wanna, what do I have I'm, to say, honestly? Come on. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm very curious. I, I mean, I'm a big Jim Cameron fan. Are you... Jim, uh, you just call him Jim Cameron? Yeah, yeah. we're on first name basis. Jim, yeah. we it, it, it's like if you know Scorsese, he's Marty. Yeah. He's not Martin. He's Marty. That's how I am with uh, Jimbo. I just call him Jimbo. <laughs> Jimbo Cameron. <laughs> um, you know, you're a purveyor of cinema. You're a cinephile. Yeah, I like James Cameron. I mean, I, you know, Aliens, uh, we all know from recording this, I was a huge fan of Aliens okay, growing so up. I'm still a huge fan of Aliens. Do I, you I, think True Lies is a worthy addition to his canon, or is it his bastard child that no one should watch? I don't know if I'd say either one of those things but i do have <laughs> I, I think it's been a long time since i felt this particular way about a movie where uh this movie's awesome but i kind of hate it i don't know if that's the mm. way you're gonna i don't know if that's the way I you're think gonna that's feel an interesting way to say it maybe yes but yeah keep so going. i mean and i don't and i i guess i need to we need to process this together here because there's so much to like in this movie this movie's so well crafted and put together especially for something in you know like over 20 years ago the special effects still hold up um there's a lot. There's a lot to like. The acting overall, maybe minus Schwarzenegger, is actually pretty good in this movie. Bill Paxton is a hoot to watch. Uh, this, I mean, just the construction, the scene construction, the creativity, the imagination of the action sequences are are a lot of fun. Um, but I'm sure you guys. I mean, I, unless I'm watching, unless I watch a different movie, there's a lot to really. Uh, pick apart in this movie in terms of it being a little sexist, a little racist, a little... A little? A little Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and I don't think James Cameron is either one of those things. I think James Cameron is a director that has created some of the, the best uh, women heroines in, in, in cinema, really. Sarah, Sarah Connor, I, I would argue that Kate Winslet in Titanic is actually a, a pretty uh, great pretty good character mm-hmm. um you know Natiri and avatar i mean is one of the one of the best parts of avatar i would say uh not that a lot of people remember that about <laughs> avatar but i mean i thought she that character was actually really good he's you know overall i mean he's even in the movie like the abyss i mean mary Elizabeth yeah totally Mastery, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know very good he's got a lot of he's really he's really um uh he, you can tell he's his heart is really in it he's really into giving uh putting women in the spotlight and you can tell even in this movie jamie lee curtis plays this housewife who discovers that arnold schwarzenegger she must be the dumbest housewife the dumbest housewife in in all of movies to think that arnold schwarzenegger is a computer salesman but somehow she's convinced he's a computer salesman and you know she, well to believe he's a spy is even more outlandish so i guess <laughs> right and so and, you know obviously in the story she uh it's i think james cameron saw this i think he wrote it if i'm not mistaken uh, I believe so. Um, yeah, he, he did. He saw it as like an you know an empowerment kind of fantasy where she gets to actually, you know, she she wants an exciting, adventurous I, thing to happen in her life, and she gets that after she finds out her husband's a spy. But the way she gets there, pretty questionable. A lot of kind of <laughs> icky things happen. <laughs> but I feel like, I think, you know, it was the 80s. I feel like this is no, what was going on in the 80s. 94. 94, year I graduated high school. Yeah, in yeah, the 80s, 90s, I mean, it bleeds <laughs> early. For yeah, the fifth time. Look, <laughs> it was pre-Y2K. No. I feel like for its time, though, this is, it doesn't feel out of place. I feel like I remember a lot of movies like this. 
know. Well, that summer I, not, there not, was speed, which we also did. Wait, speed okay, so uh, um, Mike, were the two big get, have you? Would uh, I know you have never seen a movie before, but had you seen nope. True Lies prior to uh, this review? No, this is actually the first movie I've ever seen in general. So oh, this cool. is yeah, no. <laughs> After seven, uh, what they're doing with like moving pictures, super cool. <laughs> he saw that movie with the train that comes at the screen. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, no, I hadn't seen it before. Man, I, th- th- this is like, I, I didn't even, I mean, we've, we've seen movies I haven't seen before, and then you see certain scenes, and you're like, oh, yeah, this, okay, it's this movie, got it. Or, you know, you know what it's about vaguely. Dude, nothing about this movie <laughs> did I ever see anywhere before. Not even, I feel like the, the Jamie Lee Curtis scenes, like some of those things I probably would have seen somewhere, right? But, well, I mean, uh, I mean, so this was, com- this was a completely fresh experience for you. Yeah, yep. And what do you what uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? I, I mean, I, I I give it a so if you look at it as a comedy, I think it's a thumbs up, fine, it's good. If you look at it as an action movie, <laughs> I mean, thumbs what, sideways maybe. <laughs> I think it's an action comedy. I think that's how they're trying right, to build right, 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 exactly. Um, and I think there's a lot of stuff in there where you're like, you know, if, if you have to, I kept telling myself, Mike, it's a comedy, relax. It's it's ridiculous. It's supposed to be ridiculous. And I think that's its shtick, right? It, it's even the first scene, like he, it's almost making fun of other James action movies Bond. in itself. James Bond exactly. Like he's Well, the, he's I mean, the... I could uh, yeah. I mean, the thing the thing about this movie is Okay. Uh, I, 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 that's a wrap passing, for me. Passing the mic. <laughs> Whoa, sorry. I'm sorry. You keep keep talking, Mike. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's, no, I I pretty much I mean, that's it's enjoyable. It's funny. I think if you look at it from the lens of like, you know, this is a comedy. It's you know, it's a caricature of films like this. I think it's fine. And yeah, Dave, I I, I agree. There's definitely some stuff where you're like, oh, this is this was okay even then. Like it's a little weird. <laughs> Well, um, I have a que- I do have a question for you. Pre nine eleven. I have a question for both you, both you guys. Actually, can you give me an example of like uh, just in your personal taste, like a, an action comedy that's like a total home run that manages to be both funny and action packed in a way that really works for you? Oh, a total home run. Uh, maybe. I mean, well, I think it's. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know I brought that up last time, but that was the first thing that came to mind <laughs> when you said that. I, I think uh, it's mm-hmm. tough to balance that. I think you got you either go with a, a midnight a, run. You know. Oh, there you go. That's perfect, actually. Yeah. I think that, which we've I think done that this did podcast. very, very well. Yeah, which we've done this podcast. I mean, I think that there are a lot of examples of the genre where it does, does really well. Hot Fuzz comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the Edgar Wright movies. Most of the Edgar Wright stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, but see, even those, I feel like I, they strike me more as comedy with action in it. I feel like it's a comedy action versus, or an action comedy yeah. Or an action with comedy, you know we're what I mean? Splitting hairs, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, well, that's what we're here to do. We're here to, sit, we're here to talk about a movie for like an hour. You could tell me we're not going to split hairs. That would be a good. One. That, that is true. Um, so, True Lies, guys. Um, here, true lies guys. can I tell you what I would uh, want to hear my box quote for this movie? Not really. It's a Michael Bay movie made by a competent director. <laughs> is that pretty good. Yeah. It has all yeah. the uh, Michael Bayisms, like you know. Big explosions, all that kind of stuff. His, very thin character work where everyone's either a clown or a slut. Um, like, it's got, like, that kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. But it's just James Cameron is so good. Like, he's so... Even when he's given material that's crap, he still manages to make it pretty good. The thing that I... And I'm going to get into the sexism and the racism later. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I kept coming back to in watching True Lies is... Hear me out. How much better would this movie have been if Tom Cruise is in the lead, the the, the lead character, someone, not someone else? Someone else, someone less. No, obviously picture picture Tommy hero. Cruise. Picture Tom Cruise. Yeah, isn't this a movie like a hundred times better? 
No, it's worse. It's I feel like you need Arnie's goofy delivery for certain things. I think that's what makes it work for no. me. It's like you can't take him too seriously, and I think that that's what helps the movie. See, here's the problem with Schwarzenegger. Um, I think Schwarzenegger is a blunt. He's object. not the problem. You have to use <laughs> you have to yeah. use Schwarzenegger correctly. Right, he's and, used brilliantly in Terminator Two, for instance. Right, but in this movie, he has to be funny, charming, and he can't do it. He can't. He's. I don't want to see Schwarzenegger acting like a namby-pamby, like, suburban dad. I never want to see Schwarzenegger doing that. I want to see Schwarzenegger with his shirt off with a bazooka, and I, want to see, I don't want to see his family life. I don't want to see... Okay, so the perfect example is the opening sequence of this movie where he's, like, in the party, mm-hmm. and he's doing, like, James Bondian things. Like, mm-hmm. like you know... Dancing you know, a waltz. He's dancing a waltz, and he's being suave. The thing is, Schwarzenegger can't be suave, mm-hmm. and those scenes are so bad. Like, those... Like it's so like all the lines fall flat because like there's too much garlic and like mm-hmm. like it's it's not funny because he's just he's not good. He's See not that's that's different because for me it's he doesn't funny blend because in. Yes, he, <laughs> he always looks wrong in everything <laughs> right. he's doing. And, and Mike, you're saying that it's funny. That's what makes it work for me because I think that it's <laughs> he is a caricature of masculinity. He is the guy who's seven feet tall, gigantic, bursting out of his suit, can do all these. You know, he knows all these languages, can dance the waltz, can swim, all this stuff. I think the point, like that's what makes it work for me, is that he it's it's Schwarzenegger. He's he's this guy. This character is the epitome of man. He can do everything in two minutes. He can have this woman dancing and gasping on the dance floor. Like, I I, I think that's if it's Tom Cruise, I'm rolling my eyes the whole way through. Like, oh okay, so he's a See, James. But okay, I I think that Tom Cruise, like, I this is gonna sound weird because I'm a dude, but I think Tom Cruise. Is, has a sexiness that Schwarzenegger just does not have. Yeah. Uh, right, but then it's not a comedy anymore. Then it's it's him being a secret agent, and now it's and now it's. A, a I think that you movie. you start drawing the line to something like a Mission Impossible movie, and I think that the movie becomes even better. Like Mission Impossible has humorous moments in it, um, yeah. and I think that the movie becomes like all I wanted this to be was a, a Mission Impossible movie. The right. entire so time I think you're right, right. I think are we looking at we're looking at this movie? I think where we want different things out of it, right? For me, I'm okay with this. In fact, I think it needs to be a comedy because it's so over the top. It needs that to kind of give it the pass if it's something it that's more like it, it can be actually a really interesting character piece right where there's a secret agent that is trying to deal with his family life and at that point it becomes a lot more serious and you have someone like Tom Cruise but a completely different tone at that point I, I, I don't like, know I, I, um, I think there's a lot of actors actually could, that could pull this off Tom Cruise just comes to mind because of Mission Impossible I'll tell you who would have been good Mel Gibson Gibson would have oh this is pre uh, the Jew hating stuff this is so, pre yes yeah he probably would have been able to pull this off mm-hmm. as well um no, I the the other thing I wanted to say about this movie is I think it's about the wrong character. I think that it's incorrect from a screenplay standpoint. For this oh, it's movie. all about her. It should the movie should start with Jamie Lee Curtis, and then her character journey is discovering that her right. husband is a secret absolutely. Agent. And you can even do the reverse where she thinks he's having an affair, and then eventually exactly. she finds that he's a hundred percent. Right. Yeah, right. That's totally. the movie. That and then and then the movie becomes her story of becoming like a badass as she helps him out in yeah. his secret agent mission. Yeah. It is so bizarre. Like this movie is structurally this movie like I structurally it have is. no idea how it works because like in the middle of it it just becomes a different movie it where does. Bill Paxton's yep. character comes in and it becomes like it becomes the movie becomes Arnold Schwarzenegger torturing his wife for no reason. Right. Yeah. Um, it's the worst scene of the movie, but that's the turning point of the movie for me. <laughs> like <laughs> right. as and a then, turning point. We're talking about even, the dance scene, right? The dance scene. Well, okay. Right. Well, it suddenly becomes a different movie. Well, I mean. We're seen as objective because I think that movie is. I think that scene is still sexy, and I think it's hard not to look at I it. Knew from you, a I knew you were going to say it. I yeah. knew you were going to say it. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. Um, I think that that scene is abhorrent. Yes. I cannot yeah. separate my lizard brain from that sequence. <laughs> and we're talking about the scene where here, the, the, the setup is basically Schwarzenegger 
um, knows his wife isn't cheating on him, but was thinking about basically cheating on him with a fake secret agent. This is Played so, by Bill Paxton. It's so bonkers. Like, the, the, the plot of this movie is that there's a fake secret agent pretending to be the secret agent that he is, that she doesn't know he is. Like, it's bonkers. But anyway, he basically takes her for a ride and pretend, like, forces her to go on a fake mission as a prostitute, and he's sitting... Uh, in the corner doing a Home Alone thing with his tape recorder <laughs> uh, uh, to, to make her undress and dance, and you know, it, it, you know, it's you know, it's the 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 joke of that sequence is you have your reserved housewife Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, gl- you know, bespectacled glasses, kind of nerdy, and then she, you know, yeah, bespectacled. Thank you. You're always correcting my grammar, which I appreciate, Mike. I'm an mm-hmm. idiot, so I appreciate that. Um, but and then she, you know, turns into you know, she does a sultry, sexy dance, which is I don't know. How how you Under duress, a little weird. I don't think you. I, I don't know how you miss this sequence because it is like ingrained in my memory from as being a ten year old. Like, I, and the thing is, when I'm watching this, I'm like, this is a scene that I feel like I would have seen somewhere. <laughs> I would have seen it parodied. I would have seen. And I think Community, that TV show, did something similar because uh, uh, the guy who plays Abed basically they, they call him quote unquote not my words brown Jamie Lee Curtis and I think at one point he dresses up as her. <laughs> oh and yeah, it's I can pretty see damn that. accurate. Yeah, yeah, he's got the slick back hair like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so the sequence, you know, she's doing this comical but sexy dance, but it's also disgusting because at the same time, Schwarzenegger is torturing his wife for no reason, but the real reason— Mentally torturing. Can I tell you why that—can I tell you why it's so disgusting, or at least I'll try to articulate it? It's because the movie wants us to be on his side while it's happening. Yeah. We should be like, oh, isn't it so funny how he's tricking her? And it's, but what's it, weird it, about it is that he's pissed at her for cheating on him, but he's making her cheat on him again, right? Like, he's it's, not it's giving so her... It's so bizarre. It, if well, anything, it should be... It, I feel like he sees he should, it as giving her the adventure she wants, right? That's what he sees. That's the way he right, sees but it. that's not the kind of adventure... She, she doesn't want that kind of adventure. And he she should be loved, think, man. If anything, yeah. I, I think the character at that point wants to know that she, if given the choice, would not cheat on him. I think, why would he not, you know... From a character point of view, I feel like that's something you would... You would set her up in a situation where she has to choose him or somebody else, and she doesn't know that. And then he wants to see what she's going to pick. This is something weird. It's like this, yeah, like this weird torturing thing, and then... Like he's touching her with the rose, and it's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. so wait, wait, Mike, you didn't. No part of your lizard brain, brain found her dance sexy at all. No, I mean you can appreciate she's in great shape, but she's it, in amazing the, shape for a thirty-six-year-old woman. She looks incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. but and, it's still it's yeah. just weird because of the context. It's like I can't really get on. It just doesn't feel right to me. Like no, Dave's I, saying, it's yeah. icky. What about you, Dave? What are your thoughts on this sequence? Yeah, I mean it's icky. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, my, you're right. My lizard brain is like, eh, okay, yes, but. You know, I, 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 it's being pulled back from the the brink of wherever wherever lizard brains by by knowing by, by knowing that this, hides in your this scene this scene is so is so so sexist. I mean, it's just you know, it's yes, you want Jimmy Lee Curtis to to have. I understand the motivation to give this character a, a life beyond just being a, a legal secretary and a housewife or whatever, uh, and and have something. You know, but else it, in her life, a, that, that's that's an appealing uh, story concept. But to have her have to strip down and dance in front of uh, her husband, and then not know, and then ha- and then uh, you know, Arnold has other people involved. We haven't talked about Tom Arnold, who's actually one of the best parts of this movie. I would argue. Oh, he he's, is. It, he's excellent. Uh, yeah. He up until this point, this movie kind of changed his career path. Um, it's so it was, weird. It was part of it. It's, it's weird so, because to me, I feel like it's it's supposed to be an empowering scene, but it's it's degrading. Like there's well, no. Well, I feel later, like she needed to do something with her mind, right? Something that she could discover something, find out some part of. A, yeah. You know, why can't, why can't he like somehow maneuver the 
the law firm she works at to like I mean because then you don't get the crazy dance scene where she like misses the pole and falls on her face and the helicopter lands in there and they well get what if well I mean okay so if the goal of this movie is to get Jamie Lee Curtis in her lingerie which you know that's a fine goal but the, the, if <laughs> if that is the objective of the movie but we don't want to feel so icky about it I have to feel like you have to make her consent to it in a, in a different kind of way mm-hmm. like she um you have to Schwarzenegger has to reveal that he's a secret agent and the way that you play this scene correctly in my opinion is she knows that she they she has to uh, her and Schwarzenegger are like trapped by the terrorists and then she has to use her sexiness to get them out of trouble yes like, and she the, and it's not that he forces her into doing she that does it she just own. does exactly. it and she realizes she could play a card and then she does it right exactly and that's where the movie just it, it is it, it, okay so I, I'm looking on IMDB and the movie has like five credited screenwriters James Cameron being one of them oh. but that, that feels very indicative of what this movie is because it's so schizophrenic like I don't think yeah. the movie quite knows what it wants to do and and this is evidenced by this weird act structure. It's got this whole middle portion. It's got this. Well, dude, it, you it, have the terrorist that he he loses on the roof, and then you don't see him again for like, yeah. like a half hour, forty five minutes. I'm <laughs> well, actually they, wondering because like, they what want to happen with that guy because they want it wanted to be surprised when the terrorists return. I guess I don't know. I I, I agree Art with Mike. I, I agree with Mike that it is so crazy uh, how they basically set him up as being like the arch nemesis villain and they drop him for an hour in the movie and and the plot around him is so simplistic and then this is the other major issue if we get beyond the feminine the feminine uh, the misogyny problem of the movie the other major problem is the racism like i i think that the world like as mike said this is a pre-9-11 world so i don't think it's potentially as offensive to have uh, your islamic terrorists uh, as they are, made I mean, not. I feel like that was that was pro- in the '90s. That was your thing, right? There was Desert Storm was going on. Oh, no, that was that was way earlier. I guess that was early, early '90s. But that was like the thing. Whereas before, in the '80s, it was the Russians. You know, I think that's just indicative of its time. Now, I think it's it's weird because we were kind of getting past that. But that was the culture there. That the terror, the bad guys were that. That's what it was. You know. But the the thing about the movie is uh, their plot is so uninteresting like there's no twists to it they're just generic bad guys like they're they're given nothing really to do um other than be generic terrorists uh almost to the point where uh they all look like uh like they're all dressed like uh caricatures of how you dress terrorists you know like there's like the random guy with the green army coat and then the it is. It is. Uh, they all look like extras out of Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it is the feeling that these terrorists are kind of like the Nazis and, and raiders. <laughs> uh, but you know, and I, but I, you know, taking place in the '90s and having modern, uh, you know, spy equipment, it, it doesn't feel like it's trying to parody like serial movies of the 1920s either. So it, it, there's a lot of tonal issues in the movie that, uh, uh, you know, you know, are, are troublesome. That being said. Um, I didn't really. It didn't really bother me. Like I, I, in my back of my head while watching it, I'm like, yeah, I get these are kind of racist caricatures, but whatever. They're just the bad guys. Like, is that how you guys kind of felt? Or <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I, guess, I think I, yeah. I, I looked at it as, ooh, this would this would not this would not fly today. You couldn't do this now. It, um, it, it helped it. You know, you had uh, the one guy who was an FBI agent, Grant Hesloff, who <laughs> seemed like he was supposed to represent like the. Um, he represents the good, the good, uh, the good Arab people. <laughs> the good exactly. Arab. Yeah, that, I was thinking the same thing about that. Yeah, and he's even given a hero moment at the end of the movie when he pulls right. a sweet gun right. out of a camera and knocks them all out. So. That, that actor, interestingly, is kind of retired from acting and and is now a producer. I think. You know, he was in a lot of movies in the eighties and nineties, though. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a he's a he's a good actor. I like that guy. What's his name? Uh, Grant Hesloff. He Grant now works. With George Clooney, and he produces. Um, uh, well, let's see what he's uh, looking at the uh, Wikipedia page here. He he produced Good Night, Good Luck, 
the Americans, some other George so, Clooney. Sir Argo, George Clooney. Oh, Argo. Sir yeah. George Clooney stuff. And yeah. uh, Ben Affleck joint. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of these set pieces in this movie, guys. Right. Um, this well, let's start out. Lo- let's talk about that bridge. Some of them oh, I, well, I'll get there. Let's go in order, though. I want to talk yeah. about <laughs> I, what I think is the longest chase sequence of all time. Okay. The horse chase sequence. The motorist, uh, horse chasing motorcycle. Horse sorry. 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 Um, <laughs> the thing about that sequence, it, that sequence is insane. Like, I, it's bonkers and still entertaining. It, that's the thing about it, man. Like, I was watching it. And I'm like, this, this scene is ridiculous but so enjoyable. Because yeah. um, how is he going to fit a horse into all these situations? He keeps, no, he's not. He keeps going <laughs> he's through these rooms. And you're like, okay, ridiculous. this is where he turns back. No, he's going in the elevator. Okay, great. Like it doesn't end. Like you think it's like, oh, it's going to end because they're going into the hotel. Nope, the horse goes on the elevator. Like it's like it just keeps on building and going to the point where it's just like, I kind of love you, James Cameron. You're like you're just like going to keep doing this. And the thing that is, um, like, this was the most, as I said, most expensive production budget of any movie up to this point. You can see where the money went, man. Like these yeah. are big action sequences that are. Uh, that are through multiple locations. Like, that sequence they shoot in on location in D.C. Like, they've shot in Georgetown. That's actually the Georgetown Mall. Yeah. They shoot in L.A. The, when they go into the hotel, that's a famous hotel in L.A. that I've actually stayed at. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, when you go to that hotel, there's a giant uh, uh, plaque on the wall saying, the sequence in True Lies was shot here. Oh, um, okay. So And then there's you know stuff that's shot on a soundstage. It's just a crazy bonkers sequence. Um, and then, as Mike was saying, what did you want to talk about the bridge, se- the Key West bridge sequence? What did you want to? Because I'm looking like? at that and I'm like, did they actually blow up a real bridge? Like, how it did sure they do looked this? Like it. I think those that was miniatures, but he, it, yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. good at making miniatures and uh, and blend with CGI. Uh, yeah, really because well. the thing about miniatures, like that's fine until you get water involved. Water has certain properties where when you scale it down, it doesn't look like an ocean; it looks like a sink. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the water is going to move differently. That yeah. whole sequence. Um, yeah, really I thought the VFX. I thought the same thing. Like, I'm like, am I looking at visual? Like, the fact that a movie in 1994 either pulled this off with VFX or practically is amazing because it looks so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And even the Harrier jet stuff looks good. Oh yeah, um, that, yeah. That that that, uh, that ending sequence with the Harrier jet on top of the building looks. It looks almost real, even now, 20 years is later. It, really? it does, like, yeah. Is, is there a real Harrier jet? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it was shot with the green screen, you know, background. I mean, I mean... But there are wider shots of that Harrier jet. Yeah. I mean, if that's all CG? And, and can we talk about... No, no, like, I don't. I don't know enough about Harrier jets to know how they fly, but that didn't seem right. <laughs> when he was. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what a Harrier jet was at that point. I didn't know there was actually such a thing, but I think there are... Can you guys confirm or deny that that's how they they can move vertically off the ground? They just kind of pivot around like a hummingbird. Like, is that is that actual or is that like a made up technology for the movie? No. And by the way, the Marines have aircraft. When did that happen? Uh, Oh, the Marines always have aircraft. They have aircraft and they have ships. They They, have a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The Navy has, uh, you know, aircraft. Carriers. No, I knew that. I knew that the air. I knew the Navy had something to do with because they had them in the Air Force, and I think actually one of them is a division of the other, and I forget which one. But don't tell them that; they'll hate you for it. Um, but I didn't think the Marines had aircraft at all. I, and he kept calling them the Marines. I thought it was just like a joke that like he didn't know the military very well, and he was just like, "Oh, thanks, Marines," and they're not the airborne guys. And then it turned out that it actually was their stuff, and I was very confused. Yeah, no, Harriers are, you get on Wikipedia, Harriers are, are a real thing. They've been around since uh, the mid-60s. Well, I know since they are, but th- how do they fly? Do they do they just hover off the ground so like a UFO? Or? It says three of the jets in the film are actual military fighter jets. They rented them from the Army, from the, from Mar- the Marines, from the U.S. government for shooting for $100,000 each. 
from a $2,410 hourly rate. Um, oh my other God. fun facts about the movie is the underwear that Jamie Curtis wears is actually hers. She brought it to set as her costume. Oh, speaking of Harrier Jets, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's underpants. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it, just, it, it does look pretty incredible. And I even think just the timing and pacing of the moment when he's pulling her out of the speeding limo and he, like, he grabs her right as it's about to hit the, uh, the bridge. It's just, that's a great movie moment. Like, it's yeah. so cinematic and it's so thrilling. And mm-hmm. even though the movie is kind of bonkers and weird, that's like great James Cameron filmmaking. Yeah. And, and great James Cameron filmmaking, action filmmaking that's action-packed, intense, but you know the geography of every sequence. You know what people are doing. There's no shaky cam crap. It, it is, um, he is such a gifted action director. Because um, I, I, you know, I haven't seen Avatar since the theater. I remember that final fight sequence being, like, battle sequence being amazing. Oh, yeah. And, and thinking uh, that James Cameron is just so good at what he does. Um, yeah, it's 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 impossible for me to believe that he 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 would make a movie that uh, I mean I I've, I'm always interested to see what James Cameron makes. Of course, now the only thing we'll ever get to see him make now is an Avatar movie over and over and over again. But uh, that also has me a little bit curious. Like, what can he possibly do with Avatar? And make nothing. Four or five more movies. Like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, Absolutely I'm, I'm, nothing. It sounds impossible. So you know, show me. I just and well, I mean, if the, the funny thing about James Cameron is every time he makes a movie, everyone bets against him. Like this is right. crazy. This is not gonna. You're spending this much money on a movie about an old boat that hit an iceberg, and right. it becomes like the number one grossing movie of all time. Yeah. So he's a hard guy to bet against, but everyone keeps doing it. So I hope I I kind of want the second Avatar movie to be like incredible, yeah, just to like screw everyone over. So um, <laughs> well, <laughs> for for different. I just want it to be good because I want it to be good. So let's <laughs> talk about uh, let's talk about the reason we're doing this podcast. So let's talk about the Paxton. Bill Paxton, he's great. <laughs> he's great in this movie, isn't he? He's he, funny. He's, good. he's funny. Uh, ass like a ten-year-old boy. Uh, um, that's such a weird line. It's but the, <laughs> the thing about character the movie, line. No, but the thing about the movie is it's full of these really weird punch-up, like what I like to call punch-up lines, where it's like someone went through the script and just added the like I'm going to punch this scene up by adding like a line like that, and it feels so odd and incongruous. And a, a good example of. Uh, or like a good punch-up moment that just feels so odd is the sequence where um, Schwarzenegger goes to the um, used car salesman, uh, mm-hmm. Bill Paxton, and like they test drive the Corvette. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has like the vision where like Bill Paxton's laughing crazy because he thinks he's sleeping with his wife. Punches and then it just the cuts face. to, he punches mm-hmm. to him to the face and then it cuts back to reality and it's just, oh, this was all in Schwarzenegger's head the whole time. Mm-hmm. But the reason that sequence is, that is such an odd moment is he doesn't just oh punch him like comically he punches him so brutally he, he kills break, him he kills him <laughs> and his his face is covered in blood it is such an odd moment because I'm like is this supposed to be funny it's so punches violent his nose into his brain it looks like <laughs> like that that sequence is funny if it's like oh he just punches them like and he like falls over mm-hmm. it's not funny when you see the brutal aftermath of his bloodied face as right. he's limp like it's but like, then they cut to Paxton laughing hysterically you know about. Yeah. I, I still feel like <laughs> that joke doesn't work because it's made so it's like ooh it's like it's like comedy it's not lives funny. It's in like the gross. wide shot you don't do a close up of that well I think it was a wide shot it was kind <laughs> of it's like a mid uh, yeah. but I mean did you find that funny or am I like alone and being like oh well, you know in 94 watching this movie I in 94 was, was funny <laughs> no yeah this, I, I saw this in the theater and it was this was a big hit with, with I mean it felt like a really uh, a, a crowd pleaser like you know all the, all the comedy stuff really worked well, in my you know in my memory, I remember getting a lot of laughs. So I think that all that stuff with Bill Paxton getting even getting punched in the face, 
the violent stuff didn't uh, make a difference. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still kind of. Dave loved it. Dave 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 loved loved it. it. I mean, I like the scene. I I like the the scenes I like with Bill Paxton the most were between him and and Jimmy Lee Curtis, where he's pretending, where he's like looking around the room, pretending like someone's (laughs) watching him. Like like use the waiter to pretend like the waiter's a spot, another spy or something. You know, that that stuff is fun. It's almost like I feel like you could like pick parts of this movie out and make another movie out of it. Like, like, you know, ridiculous. You could make a whole movie (laughs) where the main character is Bill Paxton's character. Like how crazy it is that his the way he sleeps with women is he pretends to be a secret agent at Chinese food. Like it is such a bizarre uh, courtship ritual. And his it, it reminds me a lot of uh, something about Mary when you when you find out that like every single guy in the movie is, oh, yeah. is in some way a fraud just trying to sleep with her. Yeah, and I think as it goes on, you're seeing more and more of these guys just look all desperate and terrible. And I think it's it's shades of that, like just seeing the desperation and, and the air this guy has to put on. Totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, totally. I got the same vibe. I got the very much a Farrelly Brothers vibe from mm-hmm. Bill Paxton's character and his mannerisms and what he does. And, like, uh, even the way he pisses himself, which I think is also oddly cruel, the way that they like they play that for last. Punch like, up moment, baby. Yeah, and, and then they have a comeback at the end in the last scene where yeah, he pisses himself again. Like, the, the, <laughs> the writers of this movie thought it was so funny that he pissed himself, they made him do it twice. Pee-pee. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... <laughs> the, the the movie is supposed to be so on Schwarzenegger's side. Not only are we supposed to be okay with him tormenting his wife, we also have to adore him as being as so. Like the whole idea is that he's kind of demasculated, right? Uh, in the sense that his wife potentially could have been sleeping mm-hmm. with another man. Right. But we can't we can't have Schwarzenegger be demasculated. We have to be have to be Not such, for too long. He has to be such an alpha male that just looking at him causes Bill Paxton to piss himself. Was he uh, <laughs> so he? He was in a movie where he was a pregnant man, and I can't remember what. <laughs> you mean Junior? Junior. Was he, that before or after this movie? Um, I can't remember. I think this is around the time when Schwarzenegger tries to branch out from his action movie yeah. persona. Then there was, um, which is a huge mistake for him. Yeah, he, uh, then there was uh, The Last Act. Well, The Last same, Action Hero was before this, and I think. Same year, by the way. Same okay. year. Okay. Last Action Hero came out before this, and I think this was kind of like a, a little bit of a comeback for him, if you want to. I mean, he was a big star for. 10, 15 years, like where he was like the biggest movie star in the world, right? And then True Lies was kind of like his last huge box office hit that I I mean, he had other hits. What was Kindergarten Cop? Because that was a hit, but a terrible movie. Oh, Uh, that was before. That was late 80s, 90, something like that. The thing is, like, I don't, like, going back to what I said earlier, like, Schwarzenegger can't even wear clothes normally. <laughs> he looks wrong in a yeah. suit. He yeah. looks wrong in like when yeah. he's wearing like those. Well, that's why eventually his shirt gets ripped and it's coming off at the end of the movie. It only makes sense that he's gonna. But like, she says that she married Rambo. You know, yeah. he's not far off. Um, but the thing is, like, well, I mean, that's supposed to be like a big laugh moment, but also it, it just feels so wrong because I don't know. It's just that that. I, I just want I just want this movie remade with Tom Cruise. I want to go. I want to travel back in time to 1993 and remake this movie with Tom Cruise. No, the thing is, um, hey, Ivan, jump on the bandwagon. It needs a reboot. You know why not yes. reboot it? Um, potentially it does. Uh, but like the pleated pants he wears in this movie are so 90s. Like the pleated business pants. Oh, wear. dude, pleated pants. I don't know why anyone wears them. They're not flattering. But he looks so wrong in them. Like everything about his pleated pants. Uh, um, him. 
Do you think it's great? Like, it is amazing to me how Schwarzenegger has made a career on never justifying his accent in any movie he's ever done. So that's always uh, a yeah, fun time. Harry Tasker. That's his, <laughs> his name is Harry Tasker. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, the, the Schwartz, the American names for Schwarzenegger in his in various movies is it's always been kind of a joke. Yeah, just say. name him like Dolph something. Like at least <laughs> at least acknowledge the fact that he immigrated. To, like, you know, it's funny. Uh, they actually did that in Kindergarten Cop. I, I recall a sequence where he's like a backstory with the fact that like he has to uh, the other police person has to pretend to be his sister and she puts on an Austrian accent and like they at least attempt to like not like I just hate the fact they're like and here is the most American man that's ever existed this Austrian beefcake like it's so crazy to me yeah I mean I'm trying to think if he's ever been in a movie I mean I can't think of any movies he's he's been in where it's like he really uh, plays towards his you know his ancestry uh Really? No, I mean, he... <laughs> He's a barbarian, can't speak. <laughs> can't. Hercules in New York. Uh, I mean, has he ever played, like, a Russian or a, uh, you know, an Austrian? <laughs> has he ever played <laughs> or an Or Austri- German or, you know, I don't know. It's... Well, that's the thing. Like, you would think that he would have uh, been cast as a villain, uh, like an Austrian villain in something. Like, like a Werner Herzog character in a movie, but he never is. Like, he is... It's funny to me how endemically tied he is to the American persona, and he's not American. Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, but he really... He kind of... He stands for, like, the American ideal, right? Like, the bravado, the fact that he came over and made a career out of lifting weights and punching people. Like, he's freaking American when you think about it. He's probably one of our most American people in the, in the country. He's no, the I, American mascot. <laughs> he's the new it, Uncle Sam. It's a good. It's a really good point, um, and it's also interesting how America adopts foreign things and then kind of like converts them into like American symbols. Um, have you ever seen? I haven't seen the movie, but have you seen the movie Pumping Iron? No, I've heard about it, and it's an, like an amazing quote of him talking about sex, and it's horrifying. Um, I kind of almost want to watch that on a bad movie night one time because I, I kind of I feel like the character of Arnold Schwarzenegger himself, like the actual Schwarzenegger character, is kind of fascinating. He's kind of uh, his own little creation and the reason that he managed to succeed in movies is I don't think he's a great actor but he does have presence he has presence in a lot of ways uh, in ways that uh, that you can't just say he's a bad actor outright because yeah, so when we talked about uh, what was it the Terminator I was like he's not a good actor and you were like no he's awesome he's like he's a robot it's amazing well you know you, haven't, you still haven't seen Terminator 2 and he's actually pretty great in Terminator 2 I would argue I I don't I mm. wouldn't qualify him as a good actor I would say that he uh, belongs on the screen though like there are certain people that just work well on camera and I think Schwarzenegger does work except for in this movie where he is miscast but anyway <laughs> uh, I digress oh you know but it is fun to see him you know it, it, those scenes where they're on the uh, little island in, in the Keys and they're being held hostage and he describes how he's going to kill the uh, torturer with the uh like, I'm going to use him as a human shield, and I'm going to take that scalpel and stab you through That's the face. That's a funny and, sequence. You know, like, and, you know, and the way he gets out of the jam, various jams on that on the island, except for the part where the gun falls down the stairs, which is a little goofy. Well, that's the movie. The movie is constantly <laughs> straddling like that almost Looney Tunes aspect of it. Right. Like after literally every action sequence, there's like the cut to the innocent bystander. It's like, what just happened? Yeah. Like in the scene where they're shooting out the, the bathroom in the mall. That dude would have gotten out of there so fast. He just calmly sits there and just keeps on pooping like nothing's <laughs> going on. 
but like the movie, the movie, the, this is where the movie kind of like sucks is because it, it doesn't know when to quit the joke. It, it thinks, it thinks that old man in the stall is the funniest thing in the world because it cuts to him like so many times. They have Schwarzenegger acknowledge him. They have the end Sorry. wide shot of him pulling up his pants, but like, what happened? Speaking of which, how does he not get shot in one of those stalls? It just is. <laughs> this is before the horse chase we're talking about where he's, he's. And then, and then the, the movie thinks it's so funny that yeah. it does the same gag again with the Harrier jet and the guy in the office oh, building, that was, like yeah, that was vacuuming, dumb. like the janitor being like, "Ha ha! Isn't it crazy that this guy doesn't know that a massive action sequence is happening around him?" <laughs> like the movie thinks it's the movie. Uh, it feels it feels to me like I said like a punch up thing where like they hired like the hackiest comedians mm-hmm. and put them in a room. It's like we need to make this movie funnier guys mm-hmm. go for it and speaking of funnier gets. tom arnold in this movie i oh, mean did you, what did, you, did you guys his deliveries are fan from from the opening scene the way he's oh, here we go it's just yeah. something he there's something so casual and seasoned about his character that everything is just almost mundane to him and he's and I, I i think he's i think he's the best part of the movie i think yeah i feel like i, I kind of appreciated his lack of there's like a lack of cynicism to his character that i really kind of liked he's just like a he's a he's a world weary sarcastic Guy who really loves his partner, and you know, I I felt like his performance was pretty pretty decent. You know, I think like yeah, and a lot of the lines were really good. He gets some. You don't got time, buddy. Let's go. Stop smelling (laughs) the roses. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I remember really really liking his performance when when when, uh, the movie originally came out, and now I think yeah, it's it's pretty entertaining. Still. Kind of good. I think he's good. fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, some of his stuff. Is, I think that some of those jokes don't land, and no, I think I that agree. I think the movie thinks that they really land. Like I think the the moment where he like hides behind the pole. I don't think it's particularly funny. But <laughs> yeah, they, they, I guess I can kind of see how the you know how it was funny twenty years ago, really <laughs> more so than it's actually funny now watching it. One, one. I, I think again, if you look at it from the lens of it making fun of action movies, I think that's funny because that's all the time you see people ducking behind things and they never seem to get shot. I think that's poking fun at the fact that, like, oh, he's going to hide behind a pole and he'll be fine. Like, that's why I got through the whole movie being like, okay, I, I like it because it's making fun of all of these action movie tropes. Like, let's have him fly a Harrier jet into a crane, shoot up a building, have a guy fall off, land on top, get into a fist fight on top with a gun hanging from the engine. Like, I mean, right. that, that whole thing is, I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's, it's making fun of it. No, I mean, I think that's an interesting, you know, I'm I really glad you said that because... I don't think I took that the movie this way, but now I can kind of see it almost. Like, it, 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 there's a new respect I have that maybe the movie is self-aware enough that what it's doing is almost parody-esque. I, I, I never yeah, thought I of it like a naked gun there, type like you're saying, parody, that, but yeah. I don't that, know. that, like, are definitely, they think it's funnier than they actually are, but that's why I'm saying Tom Cruise is wrong. I think that's why Arnie is right for this, because he is a caricature of, of what that <laughs> everything that it stands for. Like, he's your I guy. Guess. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, we're also supposed to buy some of the drama in this movie, where he's we're, we're supposed to we're supposed to be convinced that his wife thinks he's a computer salesman, and that's where they really lost me. You know, rewatching this at the beginning, I'm thinking, come on, you know, she's she's not she's not a dummy, you know, she she works in a law firm, uh, she's a smart, upstanding woman. She's not going to think that uh, this guy who, you know, a guy who sells computers or works on computers all day is not going to look. Like that. I mean, he goes to the gym a lot. Maybe yeah, yeah, he's the gym. She <laughs> likes it, man. She yeah. ain't complaining. It's, it's. I mean, have really, you seen her figure? She obviously works out quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people work out and are very fit, but not in the same. Yeah, I don't know. Not in the same way. <laughs> they don't the, way kind of, the way he I was talks kind of about that computers. We were going to find out that she was also like a double agent as well, I, and it didn't happen. I was like, oh. 
Well, I mean, the, uh, I mean, he should have something. There should be another element to him that makes it more convincing. Like, he should have like box. He should have like a like a nerd room with like boxes of computers with where he, he, he's just a salesman. It, you know? he, oh, he has nothing to do with the technical side. He's just selling it. All right. Well, yeah, man. Come I on, guess. Come on he's, Dave. He's, cut I the mean, man some slack. He's a hard worker. If you want a salesman, don't you want a guy who speaks English in a thick Austrian accent <laughs> yeah. to sell your product? Well, most of their the sales is overseas in the Austrian market, so that's why he is where he is. That's why he's so good at what he does because he, he just he talks their language. <laughs> and, and apparently three or four other ones as well, fluently, while dancing. So Yeah. <laughs> and did you guys did you guys realize that that waltz music and the, and the whole waltz thing was basically ripped off of uh, if you've you seen the scent of a woman the, the al pacino movie oh i thought that was just a famous piece of music Is well it... I, yeah i guess it's a famous piece of music but it was only two years or a year and a half before this or that 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 you know and the scent of a woman was, was kind of a hit movie you know but there's this it, big scene with like... al pacino he's a blind man he's dancing uh the waltz in new york with this with this girl wasn't well, it just girl. a famous piece of classical music it's like using Beethoven's fifth yes. like, he's not, not very cultured it's, it's famous but i mean come on i mean he, they, they it was just a year and a half before this movie big movie star dancing the waltz to the same exact piece of music they use it actually twice in true lies beginning and the end i mean it just felt like a little like uh, there are other waltz there are other waltzes you can play other music it's okay Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That, but that, I remember that bothering me back then, and it's still bothering but me. But see, now. again, if, if we're going from the, like, it's it's mocking. I mean, I guess that's not an action movie, though. I guess maybe it's just more of a pop culture riff, I, it would be my guess. They're they're all referencing Scent of a Woman. <laughs> like, um, uh, the movie also is, like, five hours long. Uh, it, it is long. You cut an hour it out is, of this movie. It, you could, I think you could easily cut stuff out of the movie, again, because of that bizarre middle where he torments like her. could be, like, a 95-minute movie. But yep. even the end set piece it's like a 45 minute set piece because it starts at the nighttime sequence where the explosion and they think they kill him and then you've got the whole bridge sequence which you think would be the end of the movie but no the, the uh, James Cameron is such a big filmmaker that um, uh, a nuclear explosion is not the climax of his movie well, you don't now, see the villain get killed at, uh, on that bridge sequence I so. know it's just funny to me that we have an entire other sequence with the Harrier jet and you have, that, but, see that was like that, that was my alright you're pushing the gag a little far for me like I don't really care about it daughter at all <laughs> like not even a little bit so no, and, and, not... and, no but i think that's a fair point mike is i the movie you know we're talking about it as this funny comedy that's like parroting action movies but the movie does want us to care about his daughter and his wife and the fact that we don't is a proof that the movie's kind of failing because it, it, it it's not it's still not it's not crazy and comedic enough to uh feel totally like a satire when it's trying to do that kind of stuff with his family and then uh, paints basically the three most stereotypical, and she's like the Elijah Dusku actually mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, she's a, she's just she's paper thin as a character. She's yeah. given nothing to do. And like, every rebellious teen in James Cameron movies, they always like ride off in a motorcycle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah. like Guns and Roses playing. <laughs> like, well, that's what you do, man. I don't know how you're rebelling as a high schooler, but you get on this motorcycle. It feels very much like James Cameron uh, has ne- has never met a teenager, but that's who he thinks they are. Like it's like he's like an internet commenter's view of what a teenager is. But uh, that's kind of the movie's very broad, and that is incredibly broad. Um, she's ripping me off. Um, but just, oh man. Oh, so uh, a couple of final questions I have for you guys. Um, Bruce Willis, if he plays the lead role, is the movie better? Yeah, oh, no, because then it's too serious. Then it's ridiculous. Then it's like, this is stupid. It's not worth my time. It's dumb. Yeah, I mean, p- I mean, part of the appeal of this movie, I have to say again, is it's still, Schwarzenegger is fun to watch on screen. So there's definitely a selling point in just going to see him kick ass. And, and He does have like this 
his stare, like he's perfected that like stink eye thing he's got, the evil eye that he gets. <laughs> Bruce Willis, I think, is more dependent on the material. You know, like he he, need, he needs really he needs a great script. To, yeah, but and this the, is not a a great script. <laughs> yeah, but the line where Schwarzenegger's like Saudi or cool off doesn't that work better if someone like Bruce Willis is saying those wisecracks? Not no, he's, nobody's he's smartly and cocky. He he fits into a different kind of. Hmm, role, interesting. I think you know? that those those lines are a lot funnier with his deli- like with John McClane esque delivery. I think, I think someone like I think I don't think Russell Crowe is a star at this time, but I think someone like Russell Crowe could have fit. Uh, oh yeah, that's this. a good point. Uh, he 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 was uh, he was famous. He wasn't uber famous, right? At that time, um, and uh, favorite Tom Arnold line. My favorite. I'll start. Oh, you about. know what? Tom Arnold is this character. <laughs> <laughs> we should just have <laughs> that Tom could have been interesting. <laughs> Uh, my you favorite. would totally buy him as a computer salesman. Totally. And yeah. then uh, he also kind of kicks ass at some point. Well, you know, it'd be interesting if the movie went the opposite direction. And instead of casting the most buff man alive. Or even Bill Paxton. You cast like a Kevin James-esque character as the lead role. Uh, like yeah. if, it, if it's that kind of like, – this movie could have been so different in so many different Chris ways. Chris Farley. Yeah. You do like a <laughs> Beverly Hills Ninja type thing. Oh, no, no. See, then you're getting way too into the farce. Uh, I don't Chris know. Chris Farley. Um, no, my, my, my favorite uh, Tom Arnold line uh, is after uh, – Bill Paxton peed himself and his whimper is like, but you're going to kill me because you see my face. And Bill Paxton, uh, uh, Arnold just shoots the ground in front of him. He's like, get lost, dipshit. Like, the yeah. way he does that is just great. Yep. So, yeah. Any other fa- favorite uh, Arnold? I appreciate it. I, I liked his final line. He's like, I've been in this van for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like uh, Arnold uh, kind of not knowing what the nuclear weapon was where he asks if it's a washing machine or a water heater. Or <laughs> I thought that stuff was kind of funny. Uh, cool. Uh, so I think we did it. Uh, this movie's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what like, response yep, I, was that? Yeah, I don't know. I gotta remember that part at all. No, I do. It's when he's, uh, Everyone's like, okay, he great. Up Thanks, idiot. Moving on. <laughs> Thanks, you, dumb shit. Did you guys like the scene where he has the truth serum and he has to tell yeah. the truth to his wife? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's okay. A, it's a great sequence. Yeah. It'd be better if another act. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and oh, I you know I forgot. I kind of like drunk to drugged up uh, Schwarzenegger actually. Tia Carrera is in this movie. Yeah, yeah she right. plays. Uh, the thing, I think I mean, you, you kept saying Tom Cruise. Can you imagine Tom Cruise like having fun though, or telling a joke? I don't yeah. see it. I think oh, Tom Cruise is. I think he's a great. He's a gifted comedic actor. <laughs> yeah. What are yeah. you talking about? I uh, I think that he's like he's Mr. Charisma. That's Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's a no, couch jumping monster. He's probably about ten years too young, I'd say, for this movie. Ah. You don't think? Tom Cruise is the man for this movie. Like this nah, is Nah, it needs Tom to be Cruise. middle-aged, slightly older gentleman for the role. Okay, well, I'm going to think about it more and see if I can find other Tom Cruise, uh, not Tom Cruise, other role actors that I think would be better in this role. Dennis Quaid, maybe? Dennis Quaid. I like it. Yeah, I Sold. Know. Sold. <laughs> Let's remake it with Dennis Quaid in the past. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but this movie is a fascinating mess. It is a sexist, uh, <laughs> fascinating, mess. A fascinating mess. Fascinating mess. It is. It, it, it's this awesome, is the, but I kind of hate it. This is the most expensive, the t- the most expensive movie ever made when it was at it was time, produced, yeah. and it made a profit at the mm-hmm. theater. And it's a kind of old school action movie that they don't really make a lot of these kind of things anymore. We just have like a straight up action blockbuster. Right. There weren't really superhero, right? Like superhero every, genre. Every this. action blockbuster now is either a property based on something else or a superhero movie based on something like you know there, there is no straight up 
big budget action movie and you know the closest you get to something like John Wick but even that's a movie that's made for a minimal budget you know no, give this give this movie to to George Miller next time <laughs> <laughs> I say but that's the thing though is it it has a great filmmaker making it that's the thing though yeah. it's not like a hack made this movie mm-hmm. um, but anyway not, not like Rennie Harlan came out and made this he, movie he's better when the balance goes more towards the serious drama like his movies always are a kind of a mishmash of genres right James Cameron but this one was his only, the only one I can think of where, where I would say it's like half comedy, half action. So uh-huh. uh, that's that's a tricky thing. Yeah, it is. It is a very tough balance, and very few movies get that one right. Any final comments, you guys, before we close this one out? I'm good. You're fired. <laughs> oh, that line. You're fired. Uh, yeah, that's like, yeah, I think that's maybe the only line where it's like, they're like, we have to give Schwarzenegger that, that line. Like, no, he does, he does cool off. Oh. Or you know, I was saying I didn't have any classic like Arnie soundboard quotes from this movie at all. That was kind of sad for me. You don't think you're fired fits in the Arnie soundboard? Uh, no, no, I don't remember any that I knew from the soundboard that were in this movie. Maybe I just didn't know them all, but I, I don't recall any. Like I didn't hear any and be like, "Oh, that's the one from the board." Like you know, let off some steam, Bennett. That's from there. <laughs> uh, your luggage. Your, there was this one where he says, "Your luggage to an alligator." That's a racer. A racer. Okay, yeah. Your luggage. Come on. I have hey, a. Um, I'm a I have a officer. sad. I have a sad <laughs> knowledge of '90s action. I love '90s action movies. It's like my thing. Um, I don't think they make movies like that much anymore. So yeah, cool. Uh, Dave, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I, uh, on Twitter, Dave Glanz, G L A N Z, and DaveGlanzProductions.com. And Michael, uh, where can people find your uh, work? Work is on MikeMirandi.com, or you can find me on Twitter at MikeMirandi. Also, follow Mike on Instagram, which is at MikeMirandi as well, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I do a lot of, his, I've been lately been doing a lot of his, animated uh, GIFs G- or yeah, GIFs his, if you, for GIFs. these if fancy boys some, out there. Uh, GIFs. If you enjoy um, some animated goodness, uh, Mike delivers all the time. Uh, you can find me on the web at Lucky9Studios.com. That's my website. I also write and edit for the website shortoftheweek.com um, and Twitter at Ivan Kander, K-A-N-D-E-R. Um, this uh, podcast can be found at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, uh, reviewedpodcast.com and email us with your movie suggestions at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. Dave, what are we doing next week or next time? Uh, so, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like the crying game. We're gonna do the crying game. Oh, uh, well, you want you was you were saying Reservoir? You don't want to see a crying game? No, I can Res- do. If you so want to do crying, do Reservoir Dogs crying game, we can put it up. No, no, no. It was also that or Train Spotting. Why don't but- we put it up for a vote? We haven't done that in a while. Okay, we're gonna put it up for a vote. Reservoir Dogs versus crying game. Crying game. I, you you know that Reservoir Dogs is gonna win. Uh, I don't know. Mike hate, Mike might try to create multiple Facebook accounts to vote against it, so we don't have to watch Reservoir Dogs. So. I've seen Reservoir Dogs actually. This being the 25th anniversary of both. Movies. Uh, crying game. Uh, how long is that? It's like twenty hours. Crying game is pretty short. Good. Actually. I want it short. Have you seen the crying game? No, I've never seen it. You're gonna love the crying game. I see. I know like the twist though. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. The I know the it doesn't twist matter. As well, it doesn't matter so. that you know the twist. No, the movie, I do though. It's ruined. The movie is just a fantastic script without the twist. So. Are you sure? I'm. Is it? It's about. <laughs> I'm positive. It's about a guy who just meets a don't, person. Ivan, don't say it. Okay. Ivan. Yeah, you don't want to ruin it. For yeah. who? You know what? I'm taking I'm taking it back. We're not putting up for a vote. We're, We're watching the crying game. We're watching the crying game. <laughs> Good job, Ivan. Good job. <laughs> because, because really walked into that crap, didn't I? All right. That's right in the doing. poop. All right. Sounds good. I will. Uh, the uh, Irish action <coughs> uh, drama <coughs> from 1992 that was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director. 
All right, fine. All right, Best gonna, podcast. I'm going to cry while watching it. <laughs> All right. Mm. All right. Uh, <laughs> taking us up. Uh, Mike, can you give us some more Arnie? Uh, can you give us your favorite Arnie quote? It doesn't have to be from this movie, from the soundboard. Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was amazing. All right. Thank you, Mike. That made my day. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, he well, sort of like that. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> You're tired? Yeah, I am, actually. I'm tired, too. Always tired. Ivan's always tired. That's, that's his, that's his thing, man. That's my don't thing. Don't, don't, don't take my thing. Kids. All right, you ready? Ready. Yep.